0: Welcome to the Fan Bros! The show where the bros are fans! Doodle! And welcome, Internets, to another episode of Fan Bros! Uh, The show where the bros are fans, or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Ben I mean, AKA the Kevin Bacon of the Internets, the former Herald of Galactus, and something that I'm forgetting right now. Oh yeah, how could I forget? I'm the Butcher of Names! I even butcher my own name. That's how well I do. And this is Fan Bro's show, the voice of the urban geek. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. All right. All right. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I'm excited. Yeah. Tatiana, you're not looking too excited today.
1: My Red Bull
0: thing. I see. <laughs> well, folks, since my Red Bull is on full blast and I don't even drink that stuff, we have Tatiana King-Jones in the house.
1: The Grand Duchess of Tech also known as the Black Russian, also known as Rap Game Arya Stark. That's it for this
0: that, That's it for this episode. Totally. I'm,
1: I'm being chill this week.
0: All right. And returning from outer space, no, not Chico Leo, but the other guy who exists. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the Chico Leo category, apparently. You are. You're like a slightly browner version of Chico Chico Leo. Leo. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of figured that out. He's a a
1: toasted (laughs) almond color, if I do say so myself.
0: Of Chico Leo. Yeah. Yeah. With no glasses. She got yeah, wears glasses, right? Yeah. He does. Yes, he does. All right. Well, folks, Kim Sonian is also in the building. Chia, Chia. That's my
2: premium piece.
0: But don't you now have a name, Kim Sonian? Yo, so
2: Space Ghost producer Kim Sonian, of course. Yeah, all the fan bros know that from Special Delivery Weekly. The red shirt of the crew. The, the red <laughs> shirt, aka red shirt, aka diss
1: him again, son.
2: Aka Brown Chico Leo, Aka Rap Game Vermithrax
0: Pejorative. Vermithrax Pejorative. Yo, yo, Ben. I mean, you said it without without butchering, son. Google that, folks. That's the that Rap game, Vermithrack's pejorative.
2: Vermithrack's pejorative all day, every day.
0: All day, every day. Well, that's right. Like I said before, this is Fan Bro Show, The Voice of the Urban Geek. And you know what? Lately, people have been asking me, what is the voice of the urban geek? What do you mean by voice <laughs> of the urban geek? I mean, I thought it was pretty self-explanatory, but people don't really know. So, uh, Tatiana, do you have any idea what the voice of the urban geek is?
1: The verse of the Urban Geek comprises of a group of people who not only represent geeks of all colors, of all races, of all creeds and all backgrounds, but we talk about anything relating to geek culture. And that includes politics because politics is a part of geek culture. When you watch Star Wars, there's politics in that. When you watch Star Trek, there's politics in that. When you watch stuff like X-Men, like X-Men Days of Future Past, there's politics in that. There's a
0: fake Richard Nixon in that.
1: Come on, man. Yeah. So the voice of the urban geek is we 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 speak for the people and we listen to the nice. people. We 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 listen to what the people have to say in their viewpoints and we disseminate it to the world.
0: Hey, you know, I, I thought I was fired up about that question, but it seems to Tatiana King, you know, that Red Bull is kicking in for her. It's
1: kicking out. I mean, when you said when you said what do you mean i, I scrunched my face up i said yeah what the hell do
0: you mean what does that mean
1: what you think it mean, partner
0: well i mean i think that said it more better than i ever could so that right there is why the fan bro show continues to cover geek culture from all aspects not just the same old hey you seen this latest movie you know but sometimes we got to get a little deeper we got to bring the homeboy sandmans the yeah. juno diaz is through we gotta actually yeah. would that
2: be homeboy Sandman?
0: Sandmen, men not saying mans yes right. true it would be the Juno you know Diaz is D- D- yes the Juno Di there we go Gino we gotta bring up, and why is it always dominicans we need to get like some more diversity on our political what episode. you mean why is it always <laughs> I mean, we have a dominican deadpool we have dominican yeah we have dominican deadpool, deadpool. Yeah, actually you're right it seems well, like...
1: it's also because we're in new york there's mad dominicans oh
2: wow yeah there's mad other races <laughs> I mean.
1: there are there are but <laughs> you asked you asked why we got so many <laughs> that's one reason <laughs>
0: But this, this but, is true, but you know we've yeah. had all people of all races, as we say, all colors, all. It's kind of like it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned that though, because it
2: would be like having like three, like night crawlers, like one, <laughs> like all all different types of night no. crawlers, but they all come from the same. You know what I'm saying? It is kind of weird. Like homeboy Sam, and Juno and our Genis, they're all from the Dominican Republic. That's I'm
0: not like, comparing Dominicans to night crawler. No, I didn't right mean now. it like that. I that just wasn't meant me. like. If we
2: did have a superhero team based on who did come on the <laughs> Fanboys show.
0: <laughs> it would be a bunch of Nightcrawlers. Well,
2: actually, Nightcrawler does have relatives, right? So. Yes, he does.
0: His father is Azrael. His right. mom, I think, is Mystique, Mystique. in some storylines. Right, yeah. some storylines. The storyline yeah. I know is Mystique. Okay, yeah. Yep. And dad is Azrael. So, yeah, you so know, it's like we've had Azrael. We haven't had a Mystique, That we haven't had a female Dominican on the show yet. True that. That's coming. No,
1: yes, we have. We Girl have? Gone Geek.
0: Girl Gone Geek is Dominican?
1: She's 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 she's, she's black and Dominican, I believe.
0: Ah, all right. we all? <laughs> 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 Back, to
1: that, Back to the point. And with that, the voice of
0: the Urban Geek is Fan Bros' Show. That is what it is. You know, it's like when you use a definition to define something. <laughs> that, that's how we're doing <laughs> it right now. <laughs> you
1: use the word itself to define. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to,
0: to <laughs> Basically. Yes. But in other news, you know, so for those who don't understand, I think you get it now. We got a lot going on on Fan Bro Show. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is we have the winners. That's right. The winners of the Fan Bro Selfie Contest. Hashtag FanBro Selfie. Finally. Finally, boy. Man, we are like the slowest show ever. Yeah. Maybe not the ever. But, you know, we're, we're going for that award ourselves. But okay. right now we got some prizes to give out. Ooh. Yeah, a little more enthusiasm. Ooh. All right. <laughs> yes, yes, that's how I like to start all the shows. All right.
1: Should we do first place first? Or no,
0: should we no, do no, new no, new no. no, no. Fourth place. We have four, four prizes, and fourth place goes to Pana Red One, aka Doomfly, with his Silver Surfer selfie. Loki chilling in the background. Great work, Doomfly. Fourth place goes to you. And third place goes to Danny B. Marie. Made a fourth be with you with the Vader girl. Chilling on the couch. Dope selfie. Dope Photoshop work. Nuff said. Second place goes to bad gamer official with the crazy Photoshop work, Master Chief chilling in the foreground, dope shot, all kind of work put into it. Shout out to you with your Photoshop work celebrating the Fanbros selfie contest. You would have gotten first place if not for Red Crane 7, who takes the cake with the Cheech Wizard outfit, amazing work. Even Baudet, number one on Instagram, even stopped by to like that picture. That's how big it is. Boom. So, um, congratulations!
1: Yeah, you won! Put the
0: music. (laughs) All
1: right.
0: So uh, we'll be sending out the prizes to you soon. Contact us. Kim Sony. where can they contact us to let us know where we can send these prizes to?
2: Please, all you winners out there, contact us at contactatfambros.com.
0: Word up. And while you're there, send in your request. What is it? Uh, when you want to be a writer for Fan Bros, that's not a submit, request.
1: Submit your request. Reco- well, submit an application. And, and a lot of people ask me, so I don't know what to submit. What you can do is... Give us your name. Give us your your, your Twitter name because you need to have a Twitter account. Yep. And send us either a link to your writing sample or attach a writing sample to the email.
0: Word up. And if,
1: and if we want anything else, we'll ask you. But
0: Yes. If you would like to submit something to fanbros.com to be published, you know, to become one of the greats who have already been published there. Yes. You know, send in your submission. And while we're on that topic, yo, I really need some fan art. Mm. It'll you know, be
1: nice. You know, I I just feel like can somebody draw me into a comic? Can I mean, somebody make me a superhero?
0: Fan bro, show! I know our listeners are some talented, amazing people out there. Let's get some fan art. Let's put us all on a comic book cover. You know what I mean? Um, do a sculpture. Something. You know,
1: anything. Put me on a t-shirt.
0: Make an effigy. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> oh, probably show. And, of course, before we get out of the intro, I got to say, you know what time it is. When you're on FanBros.com, don't forget about our donate button. It's right there to the right on the page. For less than the price of a cup of coffee a day, you can help support the FanBros show.
2: And oh. Ben is handing me the little puppy he held up <laughs> right next to his face. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay, Sally Struthers. We got it. That's right, we have a donate button. Make sure you check it out when you're on fanbros.com, checking out all the dope content that we bring to you every week right there. In addition to this amazing podcast that you're listening to, we have articles, we have reviews. There's an X-Men Days of Future Past review done by Mm L-O-Y-C, spoiler free, Mm -hmm. some news on Sailor Moon up on the site. All kinds of things going on on fanbros.com. Check well, it and out. And, yo,
2: all original content. Word up. I have to say, the stuff that is on our site, there's a lot of geeky culture sites out there. The stuff that we produce is completely original.
0: You won't find it anywhere else. Nope. Just like our Fearless Future uh, digi comic, which I have to give a big shout-out to, they passed their Kickstarter.
1: Yes, congratulations. Yeah, shout-out
0: to Chris Robinson, who put that whole thing together. Mm-hmm. Yes, Fearless Future will soon be coming to you in graphic novel form with a cover by Theodis Jones, all the stories covered in it. Nice. You can still read them, though, on fanbros.com. You know, get a little preview for when you order a copy of the graphic novel for yourself. But shout out to them for beating the Kickstarter goal easily. Uh Awesome work, fellas. Congratulations. And let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with some more Fan Bros. Uh, this is AEG, the Coroner, East New York, Brooklyn's finest outdoorsman here listening to the Fan Bros show with uh, DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana King. You know, what else can I say, man? I mean, you, know, you can tell the fans it. who you are. You know, one more time, let them know. All right. This is A. G. the Coroner, outdoorsman's <laughs> finest, East New York, Brooklyn, in effect. And when I'm... Just chilling, watching, breaking bad with my feet up, man. I'm listening to the Fan Bros show with DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana King. All and right. You should too. Word. And welcome back, Fan Bros. I hope that break wasn't too long. It's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, always reintroducing myself alongside Tatiana King. And this week, we have some very special guests in the house tonight joining us on the spaceship is Rachel and Miles of Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men. Welcome, Rachel and Miles. How y'all doing over there?
3: We are good. Thank you so much for having us on.
4: Yeah, it's awesome to be here. You're so
0: welcome. So uh, for those who don't know, Rachel and Miles are the Rachel and Miles of Rachel and Miles. I'm going to keep saying your name (laughs) over and over again of Explain the X-Men, which is a really dope podcast in which they attempt to, I mean, not not attempt do a very good job at explaining the insane mythology of the X Men, and I've been listening to the podcast. I really enjoyed it, so we wanted to have you on, you know, talk to you, get some questions, you know, just chat about everything like the fan bros usually do.
3: Exactly. So thank you, and we are fans as well. We've been listening to a bunch, both uh, in prep for this, but it's also just you, you guys are awesome.
0: Oh, uh, yes. uh, come on just they come on the show and adder could come with the compliments. Oh shucks.
4: <laughs> mutual love, it's all about the mutual love. Definitely.
1: Much appreciated. So, just to get started, we got to ask who are you guys? Where did you guys even come from?
3: Um oh man, we are we live we're in Portland, Oregon. Um we're both comics industry professionals. I'm an editor and writer. Um Miles is is a system administrator at Dark Horse. Um and we've we've known each other um we've known each other since we were like 12 oh, um, i think 11
4: technically yeah
3: and we we made friends in in middle school basically by by trading books that we were into and um it's been you know 19 years How old are we like uh,
4: that. <laughs> <laughs> it's and
3: and and we still i mean uh, and, and and gradually over that time you know um got in got into reading a lot of comics together and and you know X-Men and we're both pedantic and we're both really into the nerdy minutiae of stuff and um we've been sort of for a long time the people who our friends came to with weird continuity questions and yeah,
4: And yeah, I think that, that was a lot of where uh, Rachel and Miles Explained the X-Men came from Is we, we talk about this shit all the time Just among ourselves to entertain ourselves And eventually figured, I don't know, maybe there are like Two or three people out there that would actually Care to listen, apparently there are more than Two two or three yeah.
3: uh, We've been joking that this is the podcast we've been preparing for For about half our lives wow. <laughs> It's basically, like this is, this is The weird shit we talk about on Saturday nights anyway So We're, we're that exciting
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very exciting no, you definitely
0: have an enthusiasm for it on the show, which is amazing because yeah. like, I've been reading X-Men. I think I got introduced to it, oh man, I want to say like the 170s, like right around those issues. I know I was really fully reading by like 198 on, and then I've read like all of them, but the amount of stuff you cover is just like, I was listening to the episode where you talked about uh, Dark Genesis, and oh, I Gen- never- Genesis, yeah. I never read one issue, you know, like I knew it was terrible and I it had a terrible idea from the beginning and I just wasn't going to, you know, put myself through it, but you know y'all did <laughs> and sure. I got to hear that it was
4: just as terrible as I thought it would be from you, so.
3: It really is. It is it, it might even be worse.
4: <laughs> but yeah, that's something that's something we like doing. Is, I mean, we're going through, I mean, we both love X-Men obviously. So we're going through the good stuff, but we're also going through all the bad stuff and part of it's so that people who listen to us like they can think about what do I actually want to read and what am I just going to stick with the summary for? And like for that one probably best to stick with the summary and it's not alone there's a lot of really questionable x-men out there over the years even yeah. if overall it's really really good a
3: world where people can follow along with current story without ever having to read like deadly genesis or onslaught is i think a cause worth fighting uh, for
4: yeah i've never read
0: <laughs> onslaught either i, I am I'm I'm that's like right after i got out of comics for a couple years so that that saved mm-hmm. me right there
1: so while <laughs> we're talking about all these issues what run of x-men got you hooked on it in the
3: first place um, no, Miles. I think you should probably start because you've been you you started way earlier than I did.
4: Uh, yeah, actually, one of my first memories was my father reading me X Factor number four as a bedtime story. Oh, but as God. far as as far as what really got me into, it, yeah, I mean, I grew up around comics, but it's sort of it, it's hard to think something is super cool if it's just this thing your parents are into that's there all the time <laughs> when you're when you're a kid at least. So I think what really uh put uh, pulled me in I was like in in after school care uh when I was um like 11 or so and uh Executioner's song from the 90s was going on Oh then. my god, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um anyway, yeah, so it, sure? Executioner Song, it was like wow. it, it was the most 90s of the 90s crossovers, like it was, you know, Cable and Archangel and Wolverine fighting time traveling clones and it was it was super That's
3: that with Stripe on the Moon. It is.
4: Oh, um, oh that's that one,
0: yeah. That that was that was like it was good in a way, I guess. Yeah. It was, it was
4: exciting. So
3: dedicated. It was all in.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely very exciting. There was a lot going on in it. <laughs> But but yeah, I mean, when, when you're a kid and you don't know anything about the X-Men except for the very very basics, like I just I just wanted to know more. Like, okay, first of all, there were all these people with like big muscles and guns and blades and bright colors, mm-hmm. but it was also it just it just uh, sort of spoke of a world that was really really complex in a way that made sense. Little did I know it only about half made sense. But uh, but yeah, so from there I went back uh, into this long box of old '80s X-Men that my father gave me for Christmas one year, and that's when I really really became a fan. But it was definitely that '90s insanity that first sort of piqued my interest. So I
3: got into it a lot later, um, and like I mentioned, Miles and I traded books a lot. And he, I, I wasn't reading; I was reading a lot of a lot of independent comics and sort of weird old underground stuff with my parents, and um, a lot of '90s Vertigo. And um, he was really into X-Men and Thor especially and um, so I, I borrowed a bunch of comics from him that, that he thought would be good jumping on points um and the Thor stuff was the Walter Simonson run and the x-men and I still like everyone always looks at me funny when I say this the first x-men comics that I read were age of apocalypse um because I remember your reason for that is you were like well you know it's 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 a self-contained thing
0: uh-huh.
1: and it mm-hmm.
3: takes the characters out of their usual setting and out of their usual stuff um, Mm. So, you know, then when you go back in, you can you can see what's consistent and what lasts and also and, and also it's just, you know, ridiculous and glam and has foil covers. And <laughs> I love I, I like as th- as a result of this, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty solidly impressed on Glam X-Men are the best X-Men. But um,
0: <laughs> so you're a fan of Lawn Shot.
3: I am. Uh, Miles is more of one. I'm 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 pretty, pretty diehard Cyclops fan when it when it comes to favorites. But <laughs> oh, really? I wouldn't yeah. think I of
0: Cyclops is glam.
3: No, he's really not. He kind of is an age of Apocalypse. He's got really goofy hair. but um,
0: <laughs> He does. He definitely does. That's the one where Wolverine has one hand, right?
3: It is, yeah.
0: Oh, man. That was like the last X-Men run that I read before I like got off comics. And I don't know why it happened like that. I really enjoyed it. But I was like the last X-Men run I read until uh, Grant Morrison got on X-Men. And that's what brought me back into comics was when he came on.
4: Uh, You know, it's actually I was actually in the same place. Like, I I loved Age of Apocalypse, and I was buying all nine X Men books at that at that point. I think there were nine of them. Like, even ones I didn't really care about, like Cable. Um, But yeah, Age of Apocalypse was great. Then it goes back to the main universe, and everything just felt really run of the mill after that. And I stopped reading again, just like you, right up until Grant Morrison kind of blew the whole line, uh, blew blew the whole line up, and just sort of changed everything and revitalized it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me because it was like a friend of mine was like, "No, you have to read Grant Morrison's run." And so I got in, like, I remember the the issue with uh, Cyclops on the cover by Frank Quietly, and I just loved the cover, and I bought that, and then I just started, and now I'm back in the store every week buying, like, 10, 20 issues a week. So, yeah, thanks, Morrison. Yep.
1: <laughs> so now, you know, nowadays, in the last, what, decade, we've had a development of the film versions, of the screen adaptation of all of these books that we all have g- grown to to learn and love. Now, I don't want to be too spoiler ish here but we all have seen days of future past right yeah oh yeah okay so before we get to nitty-gritty in one word tell me what
4: you thought about the movie word yeah
3: oh man okay you're the
4: editor you go first rachel
3: yeah but that just means i'm gonna be really neurotic about choosing the right one um <laughs> uh
4: i guess so this is going to be one word with an explanation. I, I think that may be cheating.
1: <laughs> well, well, that's fine, that's fine, go ahead.
4: <laughs> uh, for me, true. It felt true to X-Men in a way that none of the movies really fully had.
1: Mm. I agree with you on that one. What about you, Rachel?
3: I'm going to go with Lucid. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I, I agree with Miles, but what it, one of the things that impressed me most about it is that it took a really, really crazy plot and Something that by all rights should have been intricate and imp- impenetrable and made it make a surprising amount of sense,
0: you know. I, I have to agree, I um I saw it in a the theater, and then when I saw it in a the theater, my reaction wasn't like the best. I was like, ah, uh, okay, and that was pretty much it. I walked out, like, oh, okay, well, that was done, you know. And then I caught a little bit more, and I've been reading people's reviews and seeing people's thoughts of it. And I like it more now that it's like now that I had a second to really sit back and like think about all the moments and stuff. Mm-hmm. It definitely, it, I still think I like. I'm a first class fan. A lot of people, you know, hate on first class, but
1: um, I'm 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 kind of the opposite of you. I'm more of a lukewarm first class fan. As far as this movie, as far as Future Past, I was like elated. I <laughs> was extremely excited that spoiler alert that pretty much everything that was done in the last couple of years or five years or so was pretty much undone. Um, all the trash that happened in the last couple of movies <laughs> have been effectively cleared away. And I, I as you, as both of you have, 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 alluded to, it just felt like a clear movie that had direction that knew what it was doing, that knew what it was about. And, and, um, like I said, just undid all the crap of, of the other movies. And it, it really brought about a, a new life to the series, if you will.
4: Yeah, um, I know, uh, Rachel. You were talking about it in the context of uh, what would you call it—a fix-it fic, like in fan fiction. Yeah. Do you want to you talk about that?
3: Yeah. Well, just just that it, it's—I mean, it's it's basically what Tatiana just said—that it just it basically fixed a lot of the the mess that that um, last stand made. But I think what I what I liked most about it is that it it felt like an X Men story. Because um, I like the first two movies because I think I think the characterization is really solid and the dynamics are solid, but they don't really feel like, they feel like they're just taking those characters and plunking them into a really generic kind mm-hmm. of superhero, semi-dystopian story. Um, and The Last Stand has a lot of elements of classic X-Men stories, but it's a complete, complete clusterfuck. I'm sorry, is it okay if I say that? I don't yes. <laughs> you can say whatever you want on this podcast. complete <laughs>
0: clusterfuck.
3: And um, it's... It's, you know, the characterization goes straight out the window. There's no real, it's like four different movies, three and a half of which are really bad. (laughs) And um, First Class, again, has a lot of really good characterization, but just doesn't really feel like an X-Men story to me. And Days of Future Past is the first one that's really hit both of those notes where it's got the, you know, because X-Men is such an ensemble book. And that's part of why I love it. And the character, the characters are so much, are so central to why it works and and, and what it does. It's you know, it's, you you can't just just put you know dress people in the uniforms, send them out to fight something, and have a complete story. Right. And, but at the same time, you know, it is a superhero book, and it and there's there's and and I I think Days of Future Past really nailed both of those things, which um yeah, which none of the previous movies really had.
0: I definitely agree there. I didn't I didn't think it had. I think that was my one gripe that I still feel is lacking a bit of that superhero, like, you know, magic. Like, I'm a big fan of the Avengers, and I just thought that was, like, the best, you know, like, superhero, just big screen, boom, blast, everything. But also, like you said, X-Men is a more character-driven book than the Avengers. And for its whole history, it has been, you know, especially during the Claremont years, has been a lot of yap, 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 yap talking and debates. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah i could see why you know it definitely is it is representative edgeman so i can definitely see that
3: yeah and it does have those really good you know the really good fights and the really sort of out there you know high concept high action superhero stuff it's just that those are the future parts it's not the mm. the, the right. 70s the 70s part is, is 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 less so but like the future the 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 fights against the sentinels in the future were so cool like yeah. i'm
1: yeah. I, I mean, I got to say at first when I like a year ago, when I first saw the photos of the of the Sentinels, I, I immediately I was like, what the hell is this? You know, are they trying to do that whole dark version of everything? But then once they put it into context, when you're watching a movie, you're like, oh, this makes total sense. It, it's a cool execution and, and it's enjoyable. So I wasn't upset about that. I still don't like the way Quicksilver looks, but hey, that's another story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: But man, some of the some of the looks they got, like talking about the future stuff again, Bishop and Blink, like yes, they're from different alternate timelines technically, but goddamn if they didn't make for some awesome fight scenes. Yes. <laughs>
0: I I don't I can I spoil this? I just thought it was hilarious how Colossus Oh he um, went through he did um, the no, portals. No, no, not that. When when he meets his end, he's oh. he's like all metal like you know like his insides are even like it's like a clean break gets, yeah. yeah
1: i mean the deaths the deaths were a little much i would say that but you know, at least at least they weren't shying away from from showing you something like that people were literally getting ripped apart so hey, it is what it is
0: so um knowing that what would you say would be your favorite x-men film
4: You've talked about Man. it being uh the first one, I believe. Yeah, right? but I
3: talked about being the first it being the first one before I'd seen Days of Future Past. Um Well that's true.
4: I think both okay, of us yeah, would more. both of us would probably answer Days of Future Past at this point. But aside from that, let's say aside from that.
3: Aside from that, I mean I, I like the first one. I really do.
1: Yeah, the first one was a good just I mean, before that, it wasn't really too much out superhero wise, really. I mean, everyone yelled at us and say, what about Blade? Eh, I didn't like the Blade movies at all. So for me, wow. for, for I didn't. So for, for, for me, at least all those years, this was the first real, like, at least coherent adaptation that I had seen in years for uh, the first X-Men. So I agree with you on that.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely get that. I mean, and I think you're, you're you're right. I mean, that's part of why I think Days of Future Past were, were harsher critics toward it, because now we have stuff like The Avengers to compare it to, which, yeah. I mean, okay, I'm an X-Men fan. The Avengers is just a way better movie franchise, yeah, no question. question oh, like. absolutely. Um, but, like, yeah, at the time, there was just so little, and it, I was so psyched to see, you know, X-Men not only on the screen, which hadn't really happened much at that point, aside from the 90s cartoon, but on the big screen. So I think, yeah, coming back to it, it was like, oh, I, I kind of remembered this being better. But at the same time, <laughs> for, for me, I think for me, I think it was this. It was X two. Um, I God loves man kills is my favorite X Men story, and X X Men two is a, a sort of very loose adaptation of it. I enjoyed seeing that, like sort of a more modernized take. Like it was less evangelical religion being kind of the the antagonist, and more. Uh, I saw it as a Homeland Security analog.
3: Yeah, but they, did they do that to modernize, or did, or did they do it to justify making it a Wolverine story?
4: Eh, I mean, whichever. Right? I, I thought it worked. But it was, you know, it's cool seeing the X Men and the Brotherhood teaming up briefly, like Pyro switching sides, yeah. it's great character interaction. Magneto between... just being
3: unbelievably catty.
4: <laughs> 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 oh, man, man. McKellen like, is Magneto is so good.
3: Yeah. Bitchy Magneto is the best Magneto. <laughs> bitchy Magneto. I love it.
0: Definitely. So what would you like to see next from the X-Men film? I mean I know we got the hint at the end. I won't spoil that. But you know, I mean I even know the title is already out there all over the internet. Right. So it's
4: pretty apparent what's coming next, but what would you all like to see from it? Um uh, so let's see. I for me like like you were saying Tatiana like uh Days of Future Past is kind of a, it sort of clears the table for a lot of stuff. Like, at this point, the franchise can go anywhere. And one of the things I like most about Days of Future Past was that we have this sort of alternate history going on. Like, Magneto supposedly having, having been uh, been accused of shooting JFK. Right. And, like, some, some of the viral marketing stuff talks more about that. I'd love to see that. Like, what would a world where mutants are there and known be like? I mean, rumor has it it's going to be taking place, like, still in the past. I think the 80s is the rumor for the, the next X-Men movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I like to see an alternate take on that. And also, if they go with, you know, going forward, they're going to meet up with sort of the modern X-Men timeline. And I would love to see the formation of the modern team as we know it. Like, not just the original five from the comic, but, like, I think the movies have done a good job as – making Storm, even though I don't like her casting very much, Storm's a phenomenal character.
0: Absolutely. And
4: um, I'd love to see, you know, like Storm, Cyclops, Jean, whoever, kind of being brought in to, uh, into the team. Like, see the X-Men as we know them being constructed piece by piece from the past we've already seen in First Class and Days of Future Past.
3: Um, Man. <laughs> from an entirely selfish, and this would be a terrible, terrible decision, you know for anyone involved in the movie to actually make i want to see mr sinister
4: oh man that's not the
3: first <laughs> time i heard that go ahead and explain why I, oh god um absolutely terrible destructive reasons i i just think it would be <laughs> after so i didn't i didn't think that an x-men movie could do what days of P- future past did as coherently as it did and i feel like the next step in just Getting something completely batshit crazy to make sense, you know, sinister is the next level up.
4: So upping the ante, basically. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, you- I, I want to see just how far, just just how far they, just how far they can push what they can make work in in uh, 120 minutes.
0: <laughs> so you want to see clones and uh, what is her name? Um, the Goblin Queen. Why oh, Batlin Pryor. There we yep. go. Yeah. Yes,
3: I think those things would make would make actually make terrible movies. Um, oh, would they? You know, what, it to, what it comes down to really is I. I want to see I want to see what Days of Future Past did. I want to see more of that. I want to see cool team stuff. I want to see a really really good ensemble cast. I want oh I want to see them moving away from from single protagonist X Men films. I want to see I want to see an actual genuine ensemble cast in the next one.
4: So one that's not just like sort of Wolverine and friends. Thank you. Yes. Like I'm sick
3: of that. Like you guys got to be sick of
1: Wolverine.
4: This is like six
0: Wolverine protagonist movies we've had so far, right? Like every single X Men movie is a protagonist Wolverine.
4: Yeah, except for first class, and even that, like you know, the best scene in the movie may be the one where Wolf there in two seconds. Really? I love that scene. scene. I, yeah, but it's not the best scene. Come on, it's, that's a oh, good. No, no. No. It's a good I, movie. I love the movie. I just think there's a there's a, a a great like sort of punchy pacing to those four seconds that just I mean the entire theater burst out laughing. Yeah, but I, I mean there. that's
3: like punctuation. It's not content.
4: Well, okay, perhaps, perhaps. I'm just saying I liked it. That's all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more fan bros and more of Rachel and Miles. <laughs> hey this is shannon lanier and when i'm not
2: interviewing celebrities i'm hanging out with the celebrities at the fan bros
0: oh i want to do that and welcome back fan bros we are here on fan bros show with rachel miles of rachel miles is the x-men
3: Woo-hoo!
0: that's right how y'all doing how's it
4: going enjoying this interview Yes, indeed. Oh. My, my very first podcast interview. Hopefully I haven't caused anyone to uh, to, to faint in terror.
3: I think, <laughs> I, think <laughs> I,
4: I think our listeners have been through worse.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <Like
0: they're-> <laughs> <laughs> they've made it through our first year, Then yeah, they've definitely been through worse. Oh, uh, All right, so speaking on the, a little bit more on X-Men, um, y- you are two creators who are not of... I don't know how to put this... <laughs> Um, white, let's say, <laughs> 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 <It's true>. <laughs> <laughs> who um, are covering the X Men, which is traditionally an allegory for race, for it's any type civil of rights. civil rights. Yeah, it's you know been recently you know more for gay rights and whatnot. And but in the beginning it was definitely you know about black and the civil rights movement of the '60s. And you even spoke on that on your show. And I love the point you made that it was you know the civil rights allegory, but all the characters were white.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: So what led y'all to covering this?
3: I mean, just from from a personal angle, I think what it comes down to is that it's something that matters. Like I the i I I've written I write a lot about this and I especially especially about gender, but also about intersectional diversity in comics. That the idea if you're creating media or reading media that 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 people the idea that, that people who are creating media or ah, sorry, I'm I'm just like completely tripping over myself right now. Um, I think I think one of the most common fallacies in the comics industry, in particular, but in in mass and pop media in general, is that there's no point in making media for people, or that people won't consume media that doesn't just reflect them and their experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really dangerous fallacy. And what it does is create both an absolute vacuum of representation. Um, where you're you're only creating stuff that's targeted to a narrow target demographic, and so you don't bother putting anyone else in it. And it also means that there's a large swath of people who never actually end up in the position that I think anyone who's not a straight white dude between 18 and 34 has had to do pretty consistently, which is learn to identify with characters and people who aren't like them. Mm, or who don't look like them. Um, I mean, this is. I I feel like, like diversity in media and representation, and representation and discussion of of civil rights in media is something that that yeah, that everyone should care about. Like, it's 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 important. It it matters.
4: Yeah, no, for me. I guess so, yeah, I am, you know, you're, you're pretty much your, your your incarnation of privileged demographic. Um, but X-Men was kind of what I think first opened my eyes to there being a world of experiences that were not my own. Um... I think most most prominently in feminism, but really in general, like here we have this team that's you know you have your Cyclops and your Wolverine, but you also have a Black woman Storm. You have a lot of other female characters, Rogue and Jubilee. Yeah. Um, or recently we actually are starting Shadow to see Cat. some some more yeah oh god of course Shadowcat. Uh, we're starting to see some more prominent gay characters, and I think that's that's something X Men can really offer. It's you know it's this very character driven team book. That kind of no matter what your own experience is, you're going to be reading uh, about and starting to identify with characters who are unlike you. And I think that can really be a gateway, a potential gateway for a lot of readers to uh, to just seeing outside themselves, to kind of realizing that the, the, the narrow experience that they may have, you know, that's only one experience. They are only one person. Like the world is not just what they see through their own eyes.
3: And they're also interesting because of the places where the allegory falls short. I mean, you mentioned the fact that it you know it's 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 it, it it often ends up being an allegory for diversity without actually reflecting that diversity right um, which is worth examining um there's a writer a cartoonist named Daryl Ayo who wrote a really tre- tremendously good um essay in response to a, a project someone did a while um, a few months ago i think that was was basically about reimagining the x men as an entirely black team and what that would mean and how that would change the dynamics of the stories and some of the iconic covers and um he was talking about sort of where it falls short as a metaphor for race just because it... Um, I'm trying to think of exactly how I put it because it's 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 a, it's an amazing essay. I can I can send you guys a link. if I, I don't know if you guys if you post links, but um I can send you one. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. basically where the idea is saying is that that on one hand, it's great in terms of representation, but on the other hand, the subtext of that is that marginalized groups are really dangerous.
0: Ah. Oh, wow.
3: Okay. That are different are...
0: Feared and hated.
3: They really, I mean, they're they're superpowers. They're you know, often really, really violently destructive. And when you treat them as an allegory for 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 groups for for the marginalized groups, that implication doesn't entirely go away with with the allegory.
0: Man, you just made me want to go home and burn all my X Men comics <laughs> now. But- <laughs> know, it's, it's trying. It's trying. The intentions are awesome. The
4: execution, not always, but the intentions yeah. are awesome. That's,
0: yeah, I never even really made that connection. But you also made another point on your podcast where you were saying that uh, using Malcolm X and Martin Luther King as Comparisons. comparisons for Professor X and Magneto just doesn't work. And I always, you know, growing up especially, I always thought that was a great comparison. But I really wanted to know why you didn't think so
3: i just think it's super reductive um the popular ideas of what martin luther king and malcolm x espoused and them as like far far opposite points on a spectrum just discounts a huge amount of their work and a huge amount of their politics and um it's i don't know that just bugs me
0: no no i I definitely agree like once you made the point you know i had to think about it and like as a kid i guess it worked for me because it was such an easy you know metaphor but You know, growing up, I definitely would never consider Matt Nito to be Malcolm X. It doesn't even work, like, his character and what he's done since then, you know, and everything. It's just not.
1: Right. And the whole idea of them being on totally opposite ends of the spectrum is not entirely true either. Because, you know, there are points of, well, there's many points of intersection with anything that that Malcolm and Martin did. So to kind of just say there and say, yeah, they are not even on the same team whatsoever, that's also limiting. So I I, I appreciate you guys uh, saying that too. That makes a lot of sense. Um,
4: I mean, that said, like, uh, I think taking it outside that uh, that specific comparison, Professor Xavier and Magneto are are really important sort of allegorical characters. I mean, if if you take the central sort of concept of X-Men is as the world hates and fears us, how do we respond to that? Which I, I think you absolutely can. Like, you know, those are kind of your two polar options. I think that can get a lot of, especially younger readers, thinking. Like, hey, do I, do I sort of, uh, you know, understand that these people are just are just scared? They're not necessarily evil, and just try to find a way to show myself as as being, you know, someone that they can that they can like, or do I just say the hell with that? Uh, you know if they're if they if they're not going to accept me I'm not going to accept them like it's really if you want to maybe take it deeper than it needs to be I think it's an analysis of anger and how to handle it and I think as, as such those two characters are are awesome
3: yeah I mean the dynamic is good and important I just think that it's a really bad I, I just think that it's a really flawed analogy
0: yeah no, it definitely is but no I really like that one about anger and how to handle it that's definitely a better yeah probably a better analogy
1: I like it. So we we talk a lot about X Men. Obviously, you guys' podcast is named Rachel Miles explains X Men. But I know you guys <laughs> like other items and you know other properties and and, and other books and stuff. Um, what else are you excited about?
3: Oh man, um, so
4: much. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess for me in the in the comics world, um, some of the other stuff yeah. Marvel's doing right now. Uh, you guys mentioned I think Hawkeye on the Days of Future Past episode you just did yes. Hawkeye.
3: Oh my god, Hawkeye is so good. Yeah,
4: um, it's just, it, it's so brilliant. Uh, also, the other book that I think we both really like that Marvel's doing is Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, right
3: Marvel is amazing. Ms. Marvel is amazing right now. Um, mm-hmm. Those are, I think those are, those those in like the Thor books and, and the X-Men are the only like big two superhero books we're, we're following right now. Um, outside of that, man, I I really, 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 Finder is one of my favorite comics ever, ever. Um, it's, I think there's a new volume that's coming out really soon. Um, Finder? I, can you give us more information about that?
0: Yeah, I don't... Yeah.
3: Finder! Oh, can <laughs> I? Um, <laughs> I just added Finder. Um, but so Finder Finder is a creator-owned comic. It's by Carla Speed McNeil, who's an absolutely amazing, brilliant cartoonist. And uh, she describes it as aboriginal science fiction, which is 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 an utterly reductive kind of term for it because it's, it's, it's genre spanning in ways that makes it incredibly hard to summarize. Um, it's based around this, it's, it's, it's science fiction. It's based around this incredibly intricate, just beautifully built world. Um, she self-published for years and years and years and years, and then came to Dark Horse in I think like 2009 or so, 2008 uh, or nine. Thereabouts. Yeah. Um, And it's, there are, there are, let's see, there are two big omnibus volumes and then a couple more that have just come out but it's got it's got one of the richest best built most intricate worlds that i've I've ever seen and it's it's a comic that like i love editing and i love being able to like be you know play midwife too and be be part of the process of making you know comics i love finder was kind of bittersweet because it was one of the it was a book that i could just always completely lose myself in, and having, having to get that critical distance at, at the cost of that immersion was, was worth it, but it was really hard. So it's it's one of my favorite comics. Um, I love and another Dark Horse book that I really, really love is um, BPRD, for actually a lot of the same reasons that I like X-Men. Um, it's got insane odds. It's got really, really good ensemble stuff. Because it's not X-Men and hasn't been written by you know 30 people over 50 years, it's also just consistently incredibly well written.
4: Um, and talking about, uh, you were talking about really well realized science fiction roles like Finder. Um, something I, I definitely would have been enjoying and would recommend is Saga that Image is doing by Brian Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Yeah. Oh man,
1: that's DJ Amin's favorite. Yeah,
4: we
0: talk about it a lot. I, I, I'm a Why the Last Man is one of my favorite books of all time, yes. and so Saga, I, I love it to death. But I'm I'm just anticipating Brian uh, breaking my heart over and over again.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah,
4: there are going to be tears in that book, no doubt. I there already happening. What have do you mean
3: going to me. be? I was going to yeah.
4: say Yeah. I'm not afraid to say. Yeah. No. that's
3: fantastic. Um Sex Criminals is amazing.
4: Yeah, also
0: also real. we love Sex Criminals. Yeah. Definitely definitely dope book.
3: It's it's also always just really fun to talk about on public transportation, too. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go to pick up Sex Criminals. My box is full of Sex Criminals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Especially if all you're reading is Sex Criminals and sex. Cause then you can just be like, you know, I'm just picking up sex criminals and more sex. Like
1: how do you explain that when you're watching like on, you know, like your tablet or something on the bus or the train and, it's, you know, people always look over and they're like, what the hell are you reading?
3: What, what is wrong with you? that? Yeah. Um, I haven't read it yet. I'm really excited about princess Ugg by Ted Nafee, which just came out from Oni. Um, uh, Ted Niffy does some just awesome awesome YA stuff with badass girl protagonists. Princess Ugg is about a barbarian princess who gets sent to like traditional princess school. What? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so cool. It looks amazing. I'm super excited about reading it. A fat princess needs
1: to go to princess school.
4: Oh yeah, the PlayStation game. <laughs> <Yes.
0: laughs> Alright, well since you just lost me with that one, Tatiana, <laughs> let's
4: take an- another quick
0: break and we'll be right back with more fan bros. Yo, what up? This is Flickerachi, aka The
2: Plug, aka Digital Downloader, aka Pillaging for my people. Follow my people's fan bros, like them on Facebook, subscribe on SoundCloud, and check out iTunes,
0: where the bros are fans. And welcome back, fan bros. I hope you've been enjoying this conversation with Rachel and Miles of Rachel and Miles Explain the X Men. I'm gonna
4: get so tired of saying that by you the end of this to. episode. You gotta say the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to rename our podcast at this point. I'm like, I don't know.
3: I, I, I like having the podcast with the most painfully awkward title. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it's really what, it's, it's what it says on the tin. <laughs> and it's a RachelMiles.com, right? Where it you is. can find it. Yes, it That's is. right. All right. Awesome. And right now we've had our questions, but now it's time for the brat segment, our rapid fire questionnaire. So are y'all too ready? You're in the hot seat. All, All right. right. Let's do this. All right.
1: Okay, first question. <laughs> Black Panther or Power Man?
4: Totally Power Man. Yeah, I Power love man. that costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: God. I just really love Heroes for Hire.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> that last issue, I mean, spoiler alert, I've talked about it before, is like one of the saddest issues ever to me. Like, it hurt my feelings so bad. Oh, man.
1: It'll be all right.
3: that I
0: No, mean. it won't be. No, <laughs> be it okay. won't be. All right, uh, Number two, Falcon
4: or War Machine? Oh man, uh, Falcon. I was gonna say War Machine. Do we have to fight about this? Yes,
3: <laughs> disagree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'll say I like Falcon because he's a standalone hero. He's very clear. He doesn't. He he's much harder to write off as derivative of uh, as derivative of, of another hero, mm-hmm. and um, he also gives Captain America shit, and I appreciate that.
4: Oh, see for me, War Machine. He's you know on the one hand, he's a great counterpart for Tony. He's the more like a uh, straight laced kind of guy. On the other hand, the character stands alone really well. I don't know that you have a lot of characters who can do that. Who can be both you know the sort of uh, foil for a character and also like totally headline their own. Book. Ooh,
3: on the third hand, on on War Machine side man. And see now, I'm I'm arguing the other side. Carol Danvers.
4: <laughs> that's true. War Machine and Carol Danvers are making out these days, and that's important. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, oh. that I mean
3: face lit up and said excuse me <laughs> totally you got to read the new captain marvel it's series and yes, and captain marvel number one
4: i really do man because
0: i i had a crush on carol as a kid because i had a bigger crush on rogue so it was like that weird you know thing going on there <laughs> he has a thing for That's, redheads yeah that is, a, that is a
4: twisted crush right there it
0: really is when you really think about how that all went down let's leave that out of this one <laughs> all right uh Magneto or professor x
4: Oh God, that's the hardest question. If I, if I have to choose, I I think I like Professor X more and respect Magneto more. So I'm gonna go very slightly for Magneto.
3: Magneto is more interesting.
4: <laughs> Simple and plain, and he's not a jerk. Yeah, I'm.
3: I mean, I am. I am. I am an absolute mercenary for good stories. I think Magneto makes for better stories.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh. Also, he keeps changing sides, and I love the unpredictability. Like, he can be, like, you know, hunting down Nazis in, cur- in the current day. 20 years ago, he runs the Xavier School. Like, there's such a huge range there. Well, and there. the
3: thing is, he's he's still really complex. Like, he manages yeah. to be someone with a lot of inherent con- uh, contradictions, but still really consistently characterized. Like, the, the fundamental character doesn't change at any of those times, and they're all pretty pretty true to
4: it. Totally. That's Which true. is cool.
1: All right, number four, New Mutants or X-Force?
4: New Mutants. New Mutants, hands down. One of the (laughs) saddest times in my comics career was when Rob Liefeld took over New Mutants and it became a completely different book. X-Force is fun. I'm not going to get down on it, but New Mutants was my baby, and it kind of lost everything that it was when it became X-Force. There
3: are two series that we've gone back and tracked down all of and back issues and collected all of, and New Mutants is one of them.
4: New Mutants and the other is Excalibur, yep.
0: Oh man, yeah, yeah. I, the funny thing is, and I'll admit this: when he came on to New Mutants, I loved his art. I thought, "Oh my God, he's so amazing!" I liked him on uh, Hawk and Dove too. So oh I was yeah, just, yeah. I was like, "Oh, he's the best." And now looking back, it's
4: just like, "Hmm." Yeah. Well, yeah, he was—he was so much a product of his time. Like, honestly, he was the one that kind of created his time, like the '90s no, in it's superhero Jim Lee. comics. Jim Lee. It's Jim Lee. I, I'd argue it was more Liefeld than Lee. I
3: totally disagree.
4: I give him a farlane too, though, because. Seeing his Spider-Man
0: changed my life because I could care less about Spider-Man. And then when I saw that cover of that issue, it was like, oh, my God, what is this? Oh, yeah. That
3: whole image charter class, really.
0: Yeah. Those
3: guys, Eric Stevenson.
1: All right. Mm -hmm. We touched upon this a little bit, but X2 or Days of Future Past?
4: Oh okay, I oh. I gotta go. Past. I gotta go for Days of Future Past. Uh, you know, to, to to be fair, um, like like we were talking about before on one of the breaks, Days of Future Past doesn't stand alone very well, but I think it's a great movie. X two approaches greatness. I think Days of Future Past is great. What's your take?
3: Um, Days of Future Past it doesn't stand alone, but on the other hand, it's an X Men movie, and if we're talking to, about something that's you know true to the spirit of the comics, something that is embroiled in decades of continuity, is pretty much. <laughs>
4: that. it captures the uh incomprehensibility very well. That's true. I think it was more
3: fun. <laughs> it, it it days are uh, not days of future past. Sorry. Um X2 is is definitely sort of Wolverine's Man-Pain the movie which has <laughs> and again it, there's a lot that's good in it but I I think that the Days of Future Past is more textured, more interesting.
0: Okay. Uh X3 or Wolverine Origins.
3: (laughs) Wolverine Origins, (laughs) hands down. It's a terrible movie, but goddamn it is not the most entertaining thing I have ever seen.
4: That's true. X-Men The Last Stand feels like it was trying for something and and didn't get there. Wolverine Origins feels like it was trying for like 400 different things, and maybe it only got to like 10 of them, but boy howdy did it. Yeah, like
3: The Last Stand thinks it's a good movie. Origins is just uh, unapologetically, committedly stupid, and I really appreciate that. He took down an Apache helicopter! Oh, a motorcycle. Oh, no, and no,
0: motorcycle.
3: No one involved didn't knows that Wolverines aren't wolves. Like, they, <laughs> I loved Like That's so ridiculous, and I love
4: it. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the thing is, like, when I saw X3 in the theaters, I was sitting there, like, oh, oh, this is terrible. When I saw Origins in the theaters, I was like, what are points where I was like, oh, this is terrible, too? I was too.
1: pissed, Ben, I mean, how can I you? I wasn't.
0: See, I was pissed. I, wa- I didn't know why people hated it till later on.
1: Roger Rabbit Claws. That's what I, I, I didn't, didn't notice
0: say. those in the theater.
1: <laughs> yeah. Roger, Roger, you didn't notice? No, I didn't. That was the main issue.
0: Oh, I know. I didn't notice. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: my God.
3: Okay.
0: Okay. What is your favorite film of
4: all time?
3: Oh, God. The Iron Giant.
4: Oh, Oh, man. I, I if, if you ask me like 10 different times, <laughs> no, that's a good one. Uh, 10 different times, 10 different answers right now. I'm going to go ahead and say dark city. It is one of the most atmospheric oh, movies shit. I've ever seen. Yeah. The, the yeah, climax nice. is insane, but overall I love it.
0: Yeah. We just had that on the show. Uh, one of our other co-hosts just had that as his Netflix pick of the week.
4: Oh, nice. I, I think it's, it's great. So good. Yeah. And the director's cut, if people haven't seen it, like it's, it makes it an even better movie in my opinion. I, I, I can watch that over and over, and it's one of the only movies I never get sick of.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Nice. Okay, we already
0: asked uh, what other comics, so and normally we say what's your favorite comic book run, but since you are explaining the X-Men, what is your favorite X-Men comic book run or series or, or character. character, miniseries, you know?
3: These all kind of overlap for me. Um, I really, really love Joss Whedon's run. Um, and one of the reasons that I love Joss Whedon's run is that as as I mentioned before, um, Cyclops is my favorite X-Men character. I don't I uh, you know, I don't think he, I think he's awful in a lot of ways. Like I have said before I like Cyclops because I identify with all the ways he sucks.
4: <laughs> but
3: um
1: I mean I mean he is a simp, but that's another story. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> um but occasionally a writer will just nail what I think makes the character work and actually have him be badass without like without writing him as someone completely different. And Whedon really nails that. Um he makes he makes him neat and interesting and badass without actually really ever quite trying to make him cool, which is again a hard balance to strike and one that I really like.
4: So for me, it's uh I I, I can't just cheat and say the Claremont run, because the Claremont run <laughs> lasted for like four hundred years. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, and a lot um,
3: of it's really bad.
4: So, uh, it, yeah, especially later. But uh, I think my favorite segment of that, maybe my favorite X Men run, is it's uh, in the late 80s, I guess mid to late eighties. After the fall of the mutants, the X Men are all in Australia, and the world thinks they're dead. Ooh. And it's a really weird lineup. Yeah. It's like it's like Longshot and Havoc and Psylocke and Rogue and Dazzler. Madeline
3: Pryor.
4: Uh, Madeline Pryor's around, and um, yeah, it's what I really like about that is you don't know what the hell's going to happen. The X Men are totally outside their standard wheelhouse. Like they're not at the school the world can't really hate and fear them because it doesn't even know that they're still alive at this point. They're dealing with, like, you know, ghosts and these weird uh, cyborg uh, bandits called the Reavers. And, like, the the run ends, uh, spoiler from years and years (laughs) ago... (laughs) With most of them going through this this uh, this like Arthurian portal called the Siege Perilous and having their histories erased, I thought that was
3: how it started. I thought that was. No, how no, it that's ended up in Australia.
4: Uh, well, that's that too. The Siege Perilous is, is about all of it. But um, yeah, part of it is that I love Longshot a lot uh, more than I should, and he's a big part of that run. But I just I, I love the feeling of of unpredictability, and I think that's part of why I like where the movie franchise is right now because they could go anywhere with it. Um, for art, I'm going to have a second answer and say Bill Bilson has run on New Mutants, the demon. Bar- oh, yeah. Saga yeah. For art,
3: hands down, that's yeah. It's no you. one touches Sienkiewicz. I, yeah.
4: I got to meet him at a Comic-Con last
0: year. And like the first thing out of my mouth was like, yo, when I first saw your art, I was like, this is the worst stuff ever. What? <laughs> what? What is this mess? This is horrible. And then I bought everything he ever did. And, I, you know, his the demon bear issues are just some of the like, yeah, he's one of the like you said, there's not much is touching him ever. He is a god among men, like insane.
4: Oh, yeah. I'd love to see him co- come back and do some uh, do some like X-Men work again. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but just no one can capture that feel like he could. Yeah. he's
3: no. And he's just I mean, you you met him. Was he sketching when you saw him? Yes. He is. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. I met him a few years ago and I had I have this my, my I, I have a couple convention sketchbooks. One one of them is all self-portraits and his is like ink and whiteout and charcoal and he did it in I swear about ten seconds.
1: Jesus and <laughs> it was just
3: it was amazing. Like I I, I would I would watch ten hours of time lapse photography of Sinkovich's drawing just and happily.
0: Wow. Yeah. And um speaking on your answer miles also I have to say that your podcast reminded me that during that run, Dazzler had um, Destiny's mask stuck to her face with a knife, and yeah. I'd completely forgotten that, and it was, like, the most ridiculous thing ever.
4: Yeah, and it just goes on for, like, issues and issues. Yeah. Like, for hours, but no, it's, it's for, oh, like, months. It's bizarre.
0: It's a long time, because as a kid, especially when I was reading that, it was like, oh, this is,
4: like, she has this knife on her face forever. <laughs> But definitely, and it's, man, man. it's it, it is unapologetically insane and I love it for it. Well,
3: that's the issue I associate with that so much with that run is, is that the one that's just men in all caps, um, where they all go to a bar and aliens. Yes.
0: Thank you for <laughs> mentioning it.
3: Because it's, well, because it's got the Jean Grey bomb, which I think is, is, is the funniest yes. like <laughs> moment of <Claire laughs> about self-awareness ever.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. The idea being like that her continuity is so messed up that if you could weaponize it, it could like destroy the world. I yeah. love it.
0: And then also, I think the issue right before that, when the women of the X-Men all go shopping is also, you know, even though oh, that yeah. sounds like that terrible. That sounds like a throwaway. Yeah, it sounds terrible <laughs> and sexist, but it, it was actually a really great issue. That sounds
1: like a typical anime Hot Springs episode, where it's about <laughs> nothing. Yeah, it really
4: is. <laughs> no, you would think that, but it, it ends up being them fighting these bizarre Ghostbusters analogs. Yeah. Yeah. The episode. And like, and yeah, then like Rachel was saying, Jubilee—that's that's the first appearance of Jubilee, who's been like a major character in the X Men ever since. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Okay, if you could
4: have any one superpower, what would it be?
3: Time manipulation.
4: Uh, I'm gonna go with long shots. Powers exactly. Luck, as long as I feel like I'm doing the right thing, that would keep me honest, and it would also be a hell of a lot of fun.
3: Would you also have hollow bones? Am
4: yes. Like
3: implacable charm.
4: Uh, four fingers, uh, two hearts, hollow bones, implacable charm. I'm just gonna go for the whole long shot package. <laughs> <And> also, <kind laughs> a mullet. Well, I, that's the thing the, the mullet the mullet's the one thing I would skip everything ooh, else
3: Oh would you have the would you have the Chris Hastings series haircut? <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, no that was terrible too <laughs> One glowing eye I'll, I'll take it you know and actually if, if I had to get the hair to get everything else i, I I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna say the whole package.
0: Look, if you could have that blonde, if I could have that blonde mullet, I would go for it because that is like an amazing <laughs> piece of work right there. As a kid, I definitely wanted that this mullet. Crazy
3: ass <laughs> hair. On the mullet scale, oh, long shot or Shatterstar? Because Shatterstar had the whole ass-length red mullet with with the perm top.
0: No, it's it's long <laughs> shot all the way for me. Shatterstar <laughs> was always like a uh, a life. Uh, yeah, less said set about. No, no, long shot, no Shatterstar here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And and I've 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 heard recently that he's like his son or like Shadowstar is like his dad and his son at the same time or.
4: Oh man, that's we're gonna do an entire episode based on this. But the gist of it is the that
3: entire episode is just gonna be the two of us sobbing quietly. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> They're basically each clones of each other because of a uh, closed time loop. Oh, just why not?
3: Oh God,
4: I'm over here he's... rubbing my head.
1: <laughs> well, you guys have survived the brat segment. Congratulations.
4: Excellent. I, I feel do. good about this. <laughs> um, do you have anything that you
0: want to shout out? Anything you want to let the listeners know where they can find you, you know, before we get out of here?
3: Oh, gosh, let's see. We are, at, um, as you said, we're at rachelandmiles.com. We're also on Tumblr, rachelandmiles.tumblr.com. I'm on Twitter as Rebeta. Miles is a social media shut-in, and so <laughs> it's not on, on Twitter or, or Tumblr. Um
4: you can we find have... us uh yeah, you can find us on uh, iTunes or stitcher we're there or whatever whatever uh you want to use
3: uh we have we have t-shirts and stickers at richchelmi.redbubble.com um including my, my my favorite which is the magneto made some valid points
0: <laughs> oh not magneto is right I might have to get that one. Oh, that's well, awesome no,
3: he's, he's wrong about a lot too <laughs> but but some valid those.
0: points that's great I might have to got that myself I that is hilarious yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we... um, and
3: I guess, oh, and shout out to on our, our last episode this weekend, uh, we had our first uh, actual proper guest, who was Greg Rucka, who came on to talk about his new Cyclops ongoing series. Yes, nice. which is
4: awesome, by the way.
0: It is. It is. I really like the first. I've read the first issue that I really liked it so far.
3: I think the second one comes out next week. Nice
1: excellent excellent well we had a blast with you guys it was so much fun talking to you guys about x-men we're gonna keep listening to your podcast because you guys are awesome and so much fun to talk to and uh we hope that everyone also listens to your podcast as well
3: likewise and thank you so much
4: yeah this was a lot of fun guys thanks very much and you're welcome and
0: we'll talk to y'all later and thank you for coming on once again
3: (laughs) thank you for having us
0: take care peace and we'll take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with some more fan bros Yo, this is DJ Maceo from De La Soul, and when I'm not taking a shit, or when I am taking a shit, I'm on my PDA listening to the Fan Bros. <laughs> no cameras, holla. <laughs> and welcome back, internets. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek big shout outs to rachel miles of rachel miles explain the x-men rachel miles.com thank you for coming on the show that was definitely informative crazy entertaining all that good stuff
1: yeah man thank you to everyone who entered into the FanBro selfie contest we have announced the winners at the beginning of the show we will post the winners up on our website we will tweet to you guys or ig you guys and we'll give you the details on how to get your prizes later
0: Word up. And like we said before, you know, if you're looking to send in some submissions to join our team, hit us at contact at com. We will give you some questions. We'll help you out on your journey. And you can join the team. And like I said before, fan art, yo. We're looking for some fan art. All you fearless future artists out there. Can y'all
1: give me like a superhero outfit or something?
0: Y'all got that Kickstarter popping now. Y'all can, you know, y'all got time to draw us up real quick. Chris I mean, Robinson, get on quick. this, bro. I
1: Hell. can't even get a stick figure drawing. I mean,
0: come on. <laughs> Yo, I would chill for a dope stick figure drawing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need that how to do it the Marvel way, drawing of me with the bubbles and stuff, <laughs> like the real old school joint.
1: As a side note for all your DJ needs, hit up DJ Ben Amin. Hashtag save Ben Amin. He actually also dropped the Marley mix recently. It's actually Word.
2: really tight. I Word. Would, yeah, I just wanted to chime in. Maybe I'm Fan Bros, when you're listening, you hear Ben Hamine always asking you for things. But we give out we <laughs> we give out stuff. We give out prize stuff. But Ben Hameen actually contributes to the culture. He's not always just asking. He's also putting it out there. And this Molly mix is for those who know who Molly Mall is. Um, this is the accompanying mix to the Combat Jack interview.
0: Yes, it is. For those who know, I'm also the DJ for the Combat Jack show. We had Marley Marl, hip-hop legend in the house this week. It's an amazing interview. Go check that out. And also, you can, you know, check out the Marley Marl mix. All this is on DJBenAmeen.com. Yes. That's right. You can also contact me, book me there, fly me out. I'll rock your party. Nice. Yep. And donate. <laughs> and donate for less than a cup. Comp- let me do that right. And donate for the less than the price of a cup of coffee a day. You can help support the Fanbro Show
1: shout outs to everybody that writes for Fan Bros. Shout-out to everyone that supports Fan Bros. We love you.
0: Peace. God bless and
1: good night.
0: Vermithrax pejorative. Fan Bros.